2: Kyle Krabs here host of locked on NFL scouting join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft check out the locked on NFL scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts
0: Ron Rivera told us today what he needs to see from quarterback Taylor Heineke as far as improvements are concerned. And we're going to update the current playoff picture and scenario for the Washington Commanders heading into San Francisco. We're going to do that right now on Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to the Commanders Fans to the Locked On Commanders podcast, this live episode of Locked On Commanders. Usually we're live after our post-game. Usually we're live on Fridays. But today, Chris, we're live on Tuesday because the Washington Commanders had a late practice. So we're both out here in Ashburn, and we just got done with the walkthrough. We just got done speaking to Ron Rivera and Taylor Heineke, and now we're speaking to the wonderful people out here in YouTube, land live, and of course to everybody in audio. After the recording is done and watching after the show as well. We appreciate all of you. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Free and available everywhere, including here and, of course, on the WSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. We thank you for making this your first listener, your first view every single day. I'm David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Fan Commander Country. This is Chris the Rooster Russell covering the Washington Commanders for the Team 980. Monday through Friday, you can find he and Pete Medhurst live there uh, from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern or anytime on the Odyssey app. Both of us credential member of your media your evil dc media covering the playoff contending washington commanders chris i don't know how evil we are let's get to it well you're not evil at all you actually bought dinner for everybody in the media workroom on (laughs) tuesday so everybody round of applause for the rooster here for providing snacks to all the media members which if you don't know Media members are all just a bunch We're of foodies free food. that at, have
2: no athleticism. Yeah, look at look at me. I once was athletic, not uh, any longer. But you know what? You can be in charge of some athletes and your destiny if you uh, do what we suggest you do. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you guys. To download the game, just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on, but in all caps, that's locked on in the game. All right, David, as we mentioned, we are here at Command Central Commanders Park in Ashburn, Virginia, Walk through media availability, as David just mentioned. So what did Ron Rivera have to tell the media uh, on a Tuesday, in which he normally wouldn't speak until after a Wednesday practice, but yeah. because of the compressed uh, schedule, I, I think, you know, a couple of things that stood out besides some injury updates, which we're going to get to in a sec, and Taylor Heineke, and that is, you know, this is much like when they played the Philadelphia Eagles and maybe to some degree, when they played the Minnesota Vikings, kind of like one of those measuring stick games, not that you know where you are, if you win or lose this game, but you know what you probably aren't right. And maybe, maybe you know what you then have to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, call it what it is. San Francisco 49ers really for what the last handful of years, maybe three or four years, Uh, in in, in totality, have had a championship-caliber defense. Now, Mm -hmm. they've gone through some injuries here and there. Uh, Nick Bosa, their their amazing defensive end, I think, spent his entire, what, third year, I want to say, towards ACL early on. and spent the rest was the second year, yeah. Yeah. Um, But then he came back Mm double-digit sack season the very next season, which you're right because the very next year they picked up his fifth-year option. I think it was like 15 and a half sacks. Right, more on defensive end fifth-year options coming up later Mm -hmm. in the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. But the San Francisco mm. 49ers, the, the, the issue for the 49ers has really never been defense. Right. You know what I mean? Outside of some injuries and stuff like that, it's usually been the offense. And Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe Trey Lance, not really for a postseason, but just kind of where they are, Brock Purdy right now, that's where their question marks have been. Well, for the Washington Commanders, their question marks, Chris, are mostly on the offense. This team feel that like they have a defense they can win with. I think this defense has proven that they are a defense that you can win with. Mm-hmm. Right? We would love to see them get more takeaways. And maybe and maybe score some points on their own. That'd be great to help out this offense. But ideally, you're going up against a championship-caliber defense as an offense. Can you find the, the the way, the will, and the way to put some points up against this defense? Because if you can't, it kind of shows you where you are as far as a playoff contender. And if you get into the postseason play and you can't put team put points up against teams like this you're probably not going to last very long. Yeah,
2: and if if you thought it was difficult to score consistently against the New York Giants or any one of the recent opponents, Atlanta, uh, so on and so forth, even Houston, I guess, it's going to be very difficult, at least on paper, going into the matchup to score against a top-rated San Francisco defense. So, uh, again, while it it doesn't mean per se that if you win the game that you're better than San Francisco, but – What it would say is you're resilient as you know what because you're coming off of a very disappointing two-game mini stretch against a division rival, going on the road the night before Christmas, short week, beat up, they're on longer rest, so on and so We know how good the 49ers are even with Brock Purdy. One of the other things Ron talked about was Tyler Heineke, of course, needing Mm -hmm. improvements, right? Don't just look at what happened in the second half. Don't look at just the majestic bomb uh, to Jahan Dotson, who made a better catch than it was a throw, as we said, Sunday night at FedEx Field. Don't just look at the statistics. Look at the overall picture, the turnovers, the inconsistencies in the first half. And one thing that he noted, Ron did, and I was curious what you thought about this, was basically he said maybe he's just waiting a little bit too long in the red yep. zone to let it rip. And, you know, I go back to the the play, a couple of plays before the end of the game on Sunday night, and he almost mm-hmm. threw an interception, and maybe that was one case where he threw it maybe too early. But that's what right. Ron and Scott want him to do, anticipate, throw on time. And you have to, if you're going to do that, which I think every good quarterback, coach, mentor, guru, what have you, quarterback would tell you, David, that you have to throw with anticipation and you have to throw with expectation if you're going to do that, and if you're going to stress that, then guess what? You also have to live with turnovers, but I think they want that because I think they think that will equal more points than turnovers, or yep. it'll exceed and, and equate out to more points than turnovers.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, after the after the strip sack, the sack fumble that turned into a touchdown for Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, I saw someone on Twitter mention that the Washington Commanders are very bad inside the 20s. And I think that applies to inside their own 20 yes. and inside, obviously, the red zone, yes. the opponent, opponent's 20. But both of those struggles, you can kind of directly tie to quarterback decision or indecision in a, in a lot of cases. And you go back to that strip sack. And again, Taylor gets to the, the top of his drop. Ron Rivera has already said at the top of his drop that you know he has to plant that foot. He needs to drive the ball. He needs to get it out of there. He can't hold on to that ball. Well, not only does Taylor hold on to the ball at the top of the drop, which, you know, look, a lot of quarterbacks, they get to the, they, they get to the end of their drop and they don't see what they want to see, so they hold on to the ball. But if you go back and watch that, Taylor pumps. He, he pats twice, once, he pats twice, and he's getting ready to pat the ball a third time, mm-hmm. essentially getting ready to try to find a place to throw by the time Thibodeau is on top mm-hmm. of him. And in that part of the field, as a quarterback, your internal clock has to speed up, and that's what Ron Rivera is saying. He needs to see improved from his quarterback, which I think we can all agree. Look, even if you think it's the offensive line's problem, whatever it is, Taylor, I think he cannot afford to stand back there and give three pats to the ball before he gets it on that scenario, that's got to speed up.
2: And I think your point about inside his own 20-yard line, inside his own 10 – Certainly is is absolutely warrants because think about what happened in the first giant game. Kevon Thibodeau almost ended that game at overtime with a free rot w- with a free run at Taylor Heineke. How Heineke hang on, hung on. I can't even speak. Hung on. I have no idea. Uh, but clearly, that's just as important as it is in the attacking yeah. uh, offensive twenty. All right, more on Taylor Heineke in a sec, but also Ron. Uh, basically said that he hopes that and thinks that Benjamin St. Juice will be able to play now. St. Juice told reporters in the locker room just a couple of minutes ago, uh, as we were setting up to do this live show that he expects to play on Saturday, he's missed three games. How big would that be for the Washington Commanders?
0: That would be huge. I mean, Danny Johnson has done a really good job. And don't be wrong. that experience is going to be valuable, but if you can turn that experience into depth on the field, instead of having to have Danny as, as a starter, Mm -hmm. bring back Benjamin St. Juice, your defense only gets, that much better and look they're, they're probably gonna need because they're gonna need some help against San Francisco 49ers I'm not making an official prediction but I mean 13 10 14 13 like if the commanders win this game they've got to keep the 49ers under 20 points so that the, so the defense is gonna loom very very large for the Washington commanders Taylor Heineke real quick mm-hmm. also uh, spoke to us he said some things uh, and, and mainly you know look a lot of a lot of conversations are coming up about whether Carson Wentz even Sam Howell is coming up in conversations which quarterback is really the best quarterback moving forward for the commanders And Taylor has kind of kept the same message all year long. If he's the starter, fantastic. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's driven to do. But if he's the backup, he's going to be the best backup he can. But at the same time, he made a very valid point. And and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the exact quote. Basically saying that if anybody told the Washington Commanders at the beginning of the season that with three games left, you'd be in charge of your own destiny, everybody would be through the roof. So, I mean, I know you're coming off of a bad loss Sunday night, followed by, you know, following a tie against the same team. And that's obviously going to leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth. But with three games left, this team does control their own destiny. That's a very good thing.
2: And he was also asked, you know, hey, have you heard about the Carson Wentz rumors and the speculation? And part of that is from Ron Rivera, if not a lot of it, from Ron Rivera, not shutting down those rumors and basically admitting that he's given it some thought or he might have to do that. He said, look, if I'm starting, okay, I'll focus on the game and try and get a win. If I'm not, I'll be the best backup uh, I can be. I tend to believe him, even though I'm sure he would be very, very, very Uh, disappointed uh, by that. One other key thing, he said, quote, I'm pretty beat up right now. And I heard after the game that he could hardly move around the locker room. He got lit up like a Christmas tree in a lot of ways on that Sunday night, uh, loss to the Giants. So it'll be on a short week. It'll be interesting to see how he looks, especially in the first quarter, quarter plus against this vicious defense of the San Francisco 49ers. All right, guys, uh, coming up, uh, we will get into more ownership news, and as well some of the other things that went wrong on Sunday night against the Giants. But first, this episode of Lockdown Commanders is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Now, I'm really pumped up by our new partner. I know David has already downloaded the game. He's been playing it. He's on 2027. Uh, I just downloaded it. I'm just getting rocking and rolling. And now you can. Two, with Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed about becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, this is where dreams can turn to reality. That's right. You can hire the right coaches. You can hire the coordinators. You can fire people. You can trade players. You can make draft picks. All of that and much, much more. Plus, you can talk a little trash with your friends. As soon as I get up and running, I'm going to kick Harrison's butt. Make sure, well, all right, maybe not, but you know what I'm talking about. Locked on, Commanders listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. Make sure you use all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps to make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit Ultimate-GM.com or look it up in the app store. App stores. That's Ultimate-GM.com. Ultimate Football GM.
0: Start your dynasty today. This episode is also brought to you by Audible, who is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find each episode of The League available as bonus episodes of Locked on NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. It may not be the past time, but it is the now time. You won't want to miss... These untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. Head over to Locked on NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game.
2: Once again, thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen and/or your first view of the day. For your second listen and view, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we've been talking about the twenty to twelve loss to the New York Giants since Sunday night, Dave. Uh, Some of the other things that maybe we couldn't put as much shine on in the immediate aftermath uh, because there's always so much going on, so we only have so much time that we'd like to kind of get into. I generally like to call it after further review, a little chance to sh- take a step back some of the key storylines. Um, early in the game, I can't remember if we talked about this post game. maybe we just briefly mentioned it, Ron Rivera bypassed a 51-yard field goal attempt from Joey Sly, who we all know has a very strong leg. He's a little inconsistent, but a very strong leg. On 4th and twelve, and instead he punched – uh, he punched, he punted to Richie James, tried to corner him in, uh, in the, in, 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 you know, outside the hashes, basically inside the 10 and it almost worked. Richie James caught the ball at the seven yard line. The problem is he didn't fair catch it, which it seemed like maybe they were kind of expecting. And he connected on a big return. The commanders, I think overplayed it 23 yard return, a net of like four yards and yeah. a lot of commanders fans and media had a problem with it. I gotta say this. Maybe I'm dumb. I didn't have a major problem with it. I understood what Ron was trying to do. It worked successfully a couple of times after that. They just did not execute. And, of course, it's easy to kill the coach and say, hey, look, it didn't work, you dummy. Well, guess what? You've got to make the decision before you know the result, okay? And I thought the the decision made sense to me. One other further point, if he would have kicked – or if he would have tried a 51-yard field goal and they missed it, which is mm-hmm. possible, especially mm-hmm. with some wind coming at Joey Sly from that side of the field, the Giants would have had the ball at their own 41, not the 31, their, or, or I'm sorry, their own uh, their 31, 34, uh, 44, excuse me, they were on 44, yeah. not the 34 where the original line of scrimmage was. Right,
0: it comes from where the, where, right. for anybody who doesn't know that, if you miss a field goal, the opponent gets the ball where the try happened, you know, not I where the line right, of the first scrimmage time, the 40, was. The 41.
2: Yeah, sorry.
0: you had the 41, and and yeah. look, I will say this, I'll, I'll kind of work backwards there, mm-hmm. the fact that the Giants would have had the ball at their own 40-plus yard line makes no difference to me. If you have confidence in your defense, you go out there and, and you run that risk. If, if the okay. Giants get the ball at the 40 at their own 40-yard line or so, you have a solid defense. You, you tell your defense, look, you need to go pick up the special teams, pick up the offense, and do what you've been doing all season. However, when it happened, I was surprised. The fans were surprised. Everybody in the press box for the most part, other than the rooster, was surprised. Huh. I was just surprised because it looked like it was in the range that Joey Slides made kicks from mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And I basically said to myself, there has to be a reason like Joey Sly is either injured, which he wasn't because we at the same time he was on the sideline kicking balls into the net. So he wasn't injured or there was something going on with the field surface or the weather. The flags weren't really blowing. People who had been on the field uh, pregame, our friends over WSA nine had said that the wind really wasn't all that bad on the field surface. But kicker and coach had to have discussed this. And for some reason, Joey Sly said this is not a good idea for whatever reason. And that's what I kind of thought in the moment you have trust Way, your special teams have been doing a really good job of pinning opponents down deep. There's no reason to think that, you know, this can't happen. So I didn't have a problem so much with it. I was more curious as to why it happened. And I asked Ron Rivera about it in the postgame press conference, and he said uh, that, that they're basically looking to pin them deep. And then John Kime of ESPN asked a follow-up question to that question. Basically said, okay, but what was kind of – why not the field goal? And he said that Joey had, had had some struggles from that spot, that part of the field before the game. So they decided not to go with, the, with. They decided to go with the pattern, saying that Joey Sly maybe not so confident from this spot in the spot field because of what was happening pregame, and trust their all-pro punter and special teams coverage. Which, it, with that context, with that information, absolutely agree with that decision. All
2: right, one last thing on that: Graham Gano and Brian Dable, and Gano's got as good, if not a better, leg than Sly. Right. Yeah. Um, they bypassed a 52-yard right. field goal from basically the same spot right. one yard deeper and going into the same right. end zone. So yep. just something to keep in mind. So there was some context Maybe they there. saw some things pregame, yeah. uh, which Ron had alluded to, and, yeah. and that's a really good point. All right. Uh, one other thing that, that jumped out, I think, to everybody is should Scott Turner have kept trying to run Curtis Samuel on a night where the Giants clearly had his number? I mean, David, on the first drive, and they moved the ball pretty well on the first drive. Kayvon Thibodeau blew him up twice, not once, but twice yeah. on the first drive, and then it happened, I think, a third time in the game on the second drive, and then once more on the second-to-last drive, when they basically gained about 80 yards in two plays, yeah. again, Curtis Samuel was blown up. Did Scott Turner go down that road too often in your eyes?
0: So I will say yes, but not just by pure volume, right? Like, I don't mind Curtis Samuel getting some of the burn that he got and the amount of touches and the amount of looks. What I where, where I guess I'm pro, I have a problem, and, and this is very, very nitpicky, which, you know, uh, take it for what it's worth. Again, Brian Robinson ends up with 13 touches mm-hmm. total, one catch, 12 carries. AG got some work, Curtis Samuel got some work as a running back and wide receiver. And I'm I'm happy with all those things, but kind of the ratio, right? Like if if AG and Brian are going to combine for say 25 touches total, right? And 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 that's just kind of an example number. Then maybe you run Curtis, I don't know, a quarter of that amount of time. So you're talking, you know, five or so times, but you shouldn't to me that should be not necessarily just a, a a gimmick per se, but something that is kind of sprinkled in there. It's not a feature of your offense. It's something that's always a threat. It's always available. You always have to be on the lookout for it, but you're not going to see it as often. And I think per play and per run, touchback or, or touches kind of a, of, a, of, a, of a ratio. There was too much of it, considering how much they're using the other backs. If, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, it, it does make sense. I mean, the one the one thing that I'll also add is I think part of the reason why they were limited in running the ball in the second half when Robinson only had four carries and Antonio Gibson had one is because they were a down 14, three at the half and then B come out and throw the ball really well on that first drive of the third quarter, which may have saved Taylor Heineke's job that night, quite honestly. So I think they fell in love with that a little bit and they did have success in the passing game. Overall, we mentioned, you know, 80 yards, Basically in two plays, well, well, 61 of those yards came from the Jahan Dotson play, and then there were others. The sideline throw to Curtis Samuel that maybe could have been a little bit better, so he turned up the field, so on and so forth. I mean, there was good and there was bad, uh, but ultimately kept going to the well of Curtis Samuel, which normally I love, but the Giants had a beat on it. The Giants were ready. The Giants were prepared for that particular play. Um, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, the Heineke throw in which he almost gets intercepted along the back line of the end zone by McLeod. Again, we mentioned that maybe that's one of those cases where Ron wants him to throw it faster. Maybe that's one of the cases where he throws it faster. Maybe it's one of the cases where Ron's talking about where he's he's late on it. I don't know. I don't know enough. I'm not a coach, and I I, I obviously can't yeah. uh, get them to say but... Are are you willing to live with again maybe the the turnover in the red zone to see a more aggressive Taylor Heineke?
0: No, but I think you know, in the situation that they're in, you know, they need a touchdown to, to get in the game and, and to try to force overtime essentially. So th- I've always said the later you get into a game with a deficit, the more aggressive your quarterback has yeah. to be, the more aggressive your quarterback has to be, the more likely you are to see mistakes. And when you have a quarterback that kind of aggresses himself into mistakes, Naturally, when it's 0 early in the game or 10-10 in the third quarter, you, the later you put them in, in, in the corner uh, behind the eight ball, the more the more dangerous it's going to get.
2: Yeah, that I, I mean, that certainly makes sense. All right, who's getting owned and what might be on Dan and Tanya's holiday table? Plus, a little peeksy into the playoff picture. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Total Wine & More. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guy. I highly suggest the Cabernet Sauvignon. It is very good for the holidays, I might say so myself.
0: I recommend whiskey and beer.
2: Ooh, okay. All right. Well, all the confidence of knowing you can find something special for the lowest price out there. I love Total Wine more. I go there every year, especially at the holidays, because they have not only great selections, but also some really cool food products to add to your wine or your cocktail, your spirit, of choice, right? Everybody needs something in their tummy to balance out the good stuff. Love what you find only at Total Wine and More curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit totalwine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly and be 21.
1: This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting
0: All right, guys, we're going to wrap up this Tuesday episode of the On Commanders Podcast. It's live in Ashburn, the Commanders facility, following a walkthrough on Tuesday. Ron Rivera, Taylor Heineke speaking with the media, Benjamin St. Juice speaking with members of the media in the locker room, very, very empty locker room. So we decided to go live here with you guys, and I think we made the right decision. Let's talk to uh, these good people. Look, the playoffs, I know a lot of people are very down right now, and I get it. You know what I mean? The Sunday night game is one of those games where you really want to see your favorite team kind of come in grab the national attention show everybody why the national attention was deserved in the first place because it was a flex game the nfl chose to put you in prime time that is a huge opportunity divisional game against an opponent you swept twice last year all of those things totally get why kind of coming out of that there's a little bit of a fog there's a little bit of a hangover you know what i mean but all is not lost It's still a very talented team still a team that's capable of doing some good things washington still holds the seventh seed like the playoffs started today your Washington commanders are still in the mm-hmm. postseason. They're obviously going on the road, but they're in the postseason. And right now they have a 35% chance of making the playoffs, which doesn't sound great. But what it means is that your team is in charge, is in command of their own destiny. And again, going back to Taylor, that's all you want. Half a game ahead of Seattle, who is in Kansas City. Half a game ahead of the Lions, who are in Carolina this weekend. Chris, what do you think of the fact that the commanders are still in playoff position? What do you think of their odds? And, uh, and honestly, what's the most likely scenario looking ahead? Seattle at KC, Lions at Carolina. Also, Giants are in Minnesota.
2: Right. And that's the sixth seed, of course. Now the Giants have the full advantage over the commanders, as we all know, right? So you got to do better than the, the Giants ultimately if you're going to be in contention with them. Here's what I here, here's what I think. The reason why the number is theoretically so low, David, right, is because People don't expect them to beat the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco, actually in Santa Clara on Saturday, right? So while they control their own destiny, they can do what most people think they can't do and what basically is the reverse of what happened, or not the reverse, but something similar to what happened in Philadelphia a couple of Monday nights ago, right, where nobody picked them, nobody gave them confidence, nobody thought they could win, and they did. Now, maybe it's a little bit different because it's not a division rival, but it is a conference rival. It's a hugely important game. It is a short week. Maybe just everything comes together, and you play like your hair's on fire, and you force a couple of takeaways against Brock Purdy and a very good 49er team. Remember, they're not going to have Debo Samuel. Maybe they're a little bit sleepy off of a little extra rest. Take advantage, and then you improve your chances exponentially. Still not guaranteed of anything, but it starts this Saturday. There's no reason why you can't have a chance to win that game with a couple of minutes left in the fourth
0: quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, best-case scenario this weekend, Washington wins. Seattle, New York, and Detroit all lose. The result there, Washington would still be the seventh seed, but they would have an 80% chance Mm -hmm. of making the playoffs, and they would have a a one-and-a-half game lead on Detroit and Seattle with two games to play. They would be tied record-wise with the Giants, who, of course, would still have the tiebreaker over Washington. Like like Chris said, you got to surpass them. Worst case scenario, though, Chris, Washington loses. Seattle, Detroit, and the Giants all win. If that happens, Washington is now the ninth seed with right. a 6% chance of making the playoffs. Half a game back from Seattle, who would then be seven, and Detroit, who would then be eight. But I want to get the most likely scenario here on the record. So Vikings and Giants, who are we going with to win that game?
2: Well, I- think the vikings will yeah. win because i'm going they still vikings have something well. to play for but right. you know i mean that team is helter skelter especially yeah. right that game that right? is a
0: fraud i don't no. care what anybody says <laughs> all right detroit well, lions at carolina panthers who you think is taking that one i think
2: you've got a good lions,
0: right? i think the, i think the lions as well uh, and then of course the last one we're looking at here if i can remember uh without taking too much time
2: is the uh is seattle and and uh
0: Trying to find it on the screen here. Oh, Seattle, Seattle and Kansas City. Seattle, so, do think Kansas, Kansas City, City is going to take care of business at home, or is I, Seattle going to? No, I think Kansas City. Yeah, I think Kansas, Kansas City right? gets that one too. So, so, I think so Seattle looking, loses. Under
2: that scenario, we would be looking at Kansas City, Detroit, and Minnesota as winners. I got Minnesota. You got Detroit. The Heat, is a
0: winner. Right? Minnesota is, is also a winner, right. and uh, the Carolina Panthers right. or the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are winners. Right. So, Seahawks lose. So, not quite a combination of the best and worst. In that scenario, before the commanders even play, 28% chance of making the playoffs. If they win, that number then goes to 59%. But if the commanders lose, even in that scenario, their chances drop to 15%. So basically what we're talking about is the most likely floor at the end of this weekend is 15%. Your most likely ceiling is, is close to 40%, right. which, again, with two games left to play, would still be in position to earn a playoff. Then.
2: And you would be at home, not that that's a guarantee, but you would be at home, which is theoretically better than being on the road, theoretically, uh, and – Dallas might be resting some guys in week 18, potentially, t- depending on their situation. Late I,
0: Christmas present to the commanders. But exactly. yeah, we've got some ownership updates yeah. uh, before we get out of here.
2: I mean, not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we actually have NBA news here on Locked On Commanders. Huh? What? Uh, that has some impact on the future well, of the commanders. Chris Paul is
0: on the roster. So, uh, Well,
2: that is true. that He just doesn't play. Uh, which sometimes NBA fans might say Chris Paul doesn't play either. But anyway, uh, speaking of Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns, uh, billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia, a former Michigan State guard finalizing a purchase to to buy the Phoenix Suns for a reported $4 billion. Now, why that's important for us here is because he was one of the names reported by one of many outlets as having definitive interest in making a bid on the Washington Commanders. I don't know for sure that he's not going to make a bid, but based on his net worth, based on the purchase price of the Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, it seems unlikely. It seems unlikely that he would have the assets to do both of those transactions or to be a serious player. And one last thing, the first round of bidding, according to Sports.com, for, as they term it, David, all, some, or potentially none, Ah, well, I want to throw out a couple of scenarios of the Commanders is closing at the end of this week. And here's the most interesting part of this story. Uh, Sports.com put it as league sources saying the full franchise would sell between five and a half billion and six and a half billion. Of course, the Broncos, who set the record back over the summer, four point six five billion. Now, clearly, that's way over the Broncos sale price, but it is less than the rumored rumored seven billion.
0: Absolutely, and that's a whole lot of dollars that I'll never see in a, in a bank account of mine ever.
2: You're not going to leave me to buy the commanders.
0: I would love to. I, you know, I'm going to call Bank of America and ask for a loan <laughs> of six point eight billion. <laughs> We'll see what happens. <laughs> that, that's all. Wish me luck.
2: That's all. At 25% interest. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us on this live edition of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. By the way, this is also going to serve as our Wednesday episode. So just so you know, Wednesday episode for those of you listening uh, on either audio and or on the video stream after, of course, this live episode from here at Command Central. We want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders Podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Make your second one the Locked On Sports City. Uh, Podcast Peter Bukowski and friends, they have you covered on all the big stories in sports, insiders and local perspectives as well. Locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube and Odyssey and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577 or locked on Washington commanders at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for joining us. We are free and available on all platforms, part of the Locked on podcast network. Your team, David Harrison, covered the Washington commanders for SI.com's fan nation, commander country. Chris Russell. After Russell Matt her show on the team not Navy at the Odyssey app, we'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast.
0: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download
1: the Amazon Music app today.